anyone can hear me on chat, uh, can you let me know if YouTube's up and running? Because the monitor screen that I use uh, is not showing it as running for some bloody reason. I think it's going. G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of Tuesday Night Live brought to you by Crowcast, of course. Lots to talk about. We've got the heartbreaker of, uh, that we're going to move on from. We've got Sloney's match review. Uh, we've got lots to talk about in the lead up to the Collingwood game. So let's get straight into it, shall we? G'day everyone. Oh, g'day, 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 g'day. Morning. Oh, with, what's going uh, on with that? Uh, number one, I've got Ruckman something turned on, which we shouldn't have. Yeah, good, Rob. Thanks. Did for the same as last week. Yeah, lovely to have you, mate. And uh, <laughs> you told me beforehand. <laughs> Hang on, that, Pete. Uh, bright and early up for another training run. What's on this morning at the club? Yeah, what is going on with this stupid thing? Off for a long weekend, sort of three days coming into the season, and now. Shut up, Riley. Right. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. It wouldn't be the Crowcast without a live stream glitch, and uh, I've become quite an expert at it over the years. Peter, how are you? <laughs> All part of the romance of live uh, recording, uh, sorry, live broadcast, I should say. Yeah, I'm really well, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad for a Tuesday, thanks. I've... Uh, uh, still got my work gear on, and I've just realised that the shirt is one of those glary shirts, so I apologise for that, those people on YouTube, but never mind, I'm sure we'll work through it. Uh, don't forget, if you want to join our live studio audience, hop onto Discord and uh, get into the audience. You can have your say during the course of the evening, uh, or else you can just chat away on Discord or YouTube, and thanks to everyone for joining us on both of those two platforms. Now, Pete. I had Macca and Nikki on on uh, Sunday night, and towards the end of the night, uh, we had a bit, <laughs> we had a bit of a stoush about uh, oh, the relative merits of. No, it was going along fine. Uh, we were getting along great, like old friends. You know, we hadn't seen each other for a while, and it lasted about an hour, and then it all went to shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, so uh, I don't think we'll bother talking about it tonight unless you've got anything you'd like to say about the uh, beverage slash Morris affair uh, the, No, I've nothing to say about that I, you know, I just uh, I just sometimes get annoyed that it distracts from the footy but no, I've got nothing to say about it 
Very good. We'll move on. Okay. Um, your thoughts about the weekend's game, just quickly? Yeah, yeah I was at the game and, um, you know, um, in, enjoyed watching. I was sitting up high and it's always good to watch up there and just see how the game um, fans out. And I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually thought that Frio, you know, were, were, were the better side on the day just in terms of their ball movement. And their their spread and their their, uh, their what we refer to as rondo out of stoppage and and then their breakaway and it was just a it was actually really really sort of um, quite sort of nice to watch. Uh, yeah. They had a really really good game system going there and look we got back into it with um, you know with the real bl- uh, blue collar sort of roll your sleeves up and go one on one and really sort of um, force contest after contest and and we did a good job with that uh, but there was some you know. I'm sure you talked about it on Sunday. Just some really glaring stuff in that in that first half. Um, yeah, I'm sure you've you've done that to death. And you know, you just have to move on from that and and and, and take the positives out of the game. And um, you know, there was a lot of positives. Um, obviously, Rochelle was was outstanding, and and also, yeah, I mean, the comeback itself was outstanding. And I think, unfortunately, I think what happens in AFL when you've got two teams that are you know not too far apart is that obviously the game goes in momentum swings, and, mm. and when you've got that momentum, you've got to really make. No, agree, mate. Uh, it was an unfortunate end. It was a good comeback. It was a shocking first half. Um, but, you know, we're a side on the rise and we're a rebuilding team and we've still got lots of holes to plug. Um, as I mentioned on Sunday night, my only real disappointment was the midfield selection and hopefully um, that changes a bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just felt like we a little bit sluggish and I also felt Pete um, that it was actually the kids that got us back into the game in the second half Oh yeah absolutely right I mean Rochelle was was unbelievable and Lockie Scholl was was fantastic when he you know he came on and um, there was a number of others um, I thought though um, I mean Harry had a difficult day and um, I think overall the midfield had a, had a pretty average day they were beaten pretty comfortably out of the middle and um, you just can't get away with that in the current the way the game is being played at the moment, and all the issues and the worries that, that we have about our midfield, are, you know, are there and they're stark. And and um, you know we, you know, we've talked about it and nauseam thing that you know we we've sort of plugged in some real talent sort of all around the ground, but we just don't seem to be able to plug it in, in the midfield. And this is where we you know we desperately need a player like Rochelle to as good as he was. We need him pushing up the ground. Look, he did it a couple of times. He you yeah. know, pushed up to the ground, and he looked really, really classy. You know, he made space. He used the ball well, and yeah. and I'm sure that there's, you know, there's, um, there's, there's room there for him to, uh, to run through the midfield. But um, yeah, there's some real issues, isn't there? Yeah, oh, there is. Uh, look, I, th- I thought that um, we upped the frontal pressure in the second half, uh, which yeah. started to make Frio um, burn the ball a little bit. Uh, they were pretty much given free reign, open space in the first half. Um, on the outside of the contest and uh, once we started to get in their faces a little bit and force turnovers um, we looked a little bit more dynamic so but, you know um, I was a little bit disappointed with Nixie's presser um, you know he alluded to the fact that he gave them a bit of a rip after the game and felt that that was probably a little bit over the top I'm not sure I think if you want to build a uh, a winning culture then at some stage you've got to actually be accountable for poor performances and I, I felt like our um our first half warranted a, a massive rip really um so you know I have no problems with Nixie being up front with them I 
and I understand press conferences are for show and all the rest of it. I just felt like there was a lot of generic stuff in his conference and uh, we've been through two years of that and I think it's time that we heard from the coach in in um, black and white, nuts and bolts and no sugarcoating because we've had that in the past and look where it got us. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I think that the coach himself needs to take some responsibility for some of the, you know, Jordan Dawson in particular. Mm. Now, this is, yeah, the thing that, you know, concerns me about this, Fane, is, is that, you know, we, we just, whether it be the draft or whether it be trading, um, we just don't, you know, seem to be able to restock that midfield. And there's all this talk pre-season about, well, you know, Jordan Dawson's going to play in the midfield and then he ends up sort of, you know, at the bottom of packs and he ends up, you know, in the forward line in the, in the first yeah. half and all these kind of you know, bells and whistles about what Jordan Dawson's going to do. And then yeah. lo and behold, when you put him in his position where yeah. he's made his name. He does, he he does what you recruited him for. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. So I don't know if – I didn't see Nixie's presser, but I don't know if he, you know, made mention of that at all. Uh, he um, he you know, mentioned that he felt it was a bit of a big ask to put Geordie in the guts first up from a spell, um, you know, uh, so that's probably an admission of a bit of an error. Um, there are a couple of other errors, I thought. Wayne Miller looked severely undercooked, and uh, I don't think there was any reason for him to be in the, in the side. Um, and there was one or two other players that uh, were in the side that were a bit undercooked as well. So, you know, it's not as if we were short thing. on players. It was funny. It was funny that we talked tonight about the fact that we just didn't think there'd be any surprise. Well, I said I didn't think any surprises for selection. There really was. You know, there was a few. You know, Rowie. I mean, Rowie played well, so there's no mm. criticism there. But he was certainly a surprise selection. Miller was yeah. a surprise selection. I still thought Saligo was a bit of a surprise. I, I um, agree. I don't reckon he was ready, and he didn't look ready through. I mean, he did some nice things in the preseason, uh, Pete. But I didn't think he showed enough to warrant selection over a couple of other lads that I thought had been travelling all right. And particularly with the balance of the team, um, we needed some. Uh, we just needed a bit more. Um, uh, I'm not going to say experience, but it's the lad's first game, and you're charging him with the responsibility of the wing. And uh, you know he got torched. He got towed up in the first half. He wasn't anywhere, and that's to be expected. The real and the you know the real problem that we've got is that you know to my eye, in terms of our midfield structure, we've really only got one player and that's Ben Keys, who is who I mean we've got you know Crouch, um, and Sloan who are first touch midfielders. Keys is the only one who can really you know burst away from those initial mm. two or three Rondo handball. Yeah, and and he does that. He does it pretty well. I mean, and and Harry is almost the next play on from that, but. In terms of actually, you know, getting on the end of those, you know, those first two or three handballs from stoppage, Keys really is the only one that has that capability of moving through a bit of traffic. Agreed. And I know it can be frustrating because he wheels <laughs> around a little bit, but that, you know, that's okay. That's just how he does it. Yeah. Um, and it's only one player. It's only one player that can do yeah. that. And then we're, and we're, there's just, and when Lady comes back, he'll be, you know, he's another really, he's just another first touch kind of midfielder. So I feel like we're top ended with, with, you know, first touch mids and we just don't, you know, Keys is really the only player that we've got that can, um, you know, get on the end of that and just make a little bit of space away from stoppage. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not a, not a, a lot of blokes that can, uh, 
that can get separation uh, around congestion. Uh, Keys is certainly one of them. Um, you know, again, we talk about Rochelle, he's only a kid, but he looks like he's got a step as well. Um, which, and you don't have to be lightning fast, you just have to be agile, and, and he looks agile. Um, I, I just feel like we were showed up for... And, you know, as is always the case, when you're playing Crouch and Sloan around the contest what happens is that they both go for the ball. Yeah, and time absolutely. and time again, you would see Frio committing one player to the ball, but then, you know, it's circling the pack waiting for the out. And we tended to have two or three at the yeah. contest. Um, absolutely. You've got because M1 we play that C ball, get ball sort of thing. Yeah. We've basically got M1, 2 and 3 all there. And that really all they're doing is they're just still committing only M1 and, They've got two and three sitting outside where where they should be. Yeah. Um, two being the balance, and you know, and it just in particularly in that first half, the amount of I mean, what I mean, setting clearances was I think sixteen to nine or something like that, and so yeah, you know, with the six 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 world, that is just not good at all. No, I think uh, the club really needs to make a call on Sloan. Um, I, I have no problem with him being in the side. Uh, I understand that we need experience. Um, but at the, it must be crushing for Sloaney at the moment to be flogging his guts out at the coalface, knowing that he's just a yard off pace and he can't break away anymore. And I'd rather... He's still got a lot to offer. Um, you know, he's he's good on the outside. He's great overhead. And I just wish we would actually utilise him um, in a role that, that played to his strengths and, as Nick's always says, allows him to show his weapons rather than yeah. basically sacrificing him in the midfield and sacrificing any sort of speed and agility we've got in the midfield. If you, I, I have no problem with Crouch playing as the coalface mid. He's very good at distributing the ball. He gets a lot of the ball just by the nature of how he plays the game. He's not my favourite player. But in terms of that role, he's probably, you know, him and Laird are the, are the two in our team that can really play that coalface role. I'd rather yep, see Sloan running off half-back or run, or leading up from half-forward, to be honest. Yep. But um, all that aside, Fiend, um plenty of positives to take out, I thought, and um, yep. even if, in just learning how to ice games. And, you know, um, Riley will, you know, he'll, uh, he'll, I suspect, never, ever kick across for a short chip option in a close game ever again in his life. The one, the, pl- the player that really, really worried me um, in the first half was Chase Jones. I just, um, I, I still really worry about, he just, uh, he just does some odd things. And um, I don't know, I see him get near the ball and I just think what, what sort of odd thing is going to happen here. And um, yeah. You know, I don't it's, know. it's, I don't know. it's, it's someone here, I guess. Yeah, well, a few people have mentioned footy IQ, and I think that's probably, from an outside perspective anyway, that's probably the area I think where Chase struggles. Um, he, he gets around it. He's uh, not. He doesn't take a backward step. He's got plenty of courage. He's got good speed. And in the right circumstances, he's got good disposal. But his decision-making is terrible, and his positioning is often terrible as well. He often gets caught ball-watching. Oh. Um, you know, he just... I mean, there was one, there was one uh, right under my nose, which was the um, the south southwestern pocket, and I reckon it would have been the 
first quarter, first or third yeah. quarter when Frio were kicking to the right. And the ball came and he kind of just, he ran around the ball in a big circle. Because he couldn't quite pick up the line of the ball and he kind of ended up running in a big circle around it and allowing the Frio player to come and scoop it, but fortunately kicked it behind. And then yeah. there was a time when just things like he's, when he's facing up off the mark, and so you know they take they take those three or four quick steps yeah, yeah. backwards to face up off the mark, and then as he was running backwards, he just kind of his his legs just kind of went sideways, not because it was going to help where he wanted the ball to go. Then he gets because he was going in a different direction, but then he gets called to play on. He ends up having to kick under pressure because he runs off yeah. his line. He even yeah, realised he yeah. was doing it. Yeah, you don't have that. that it's awareness, just that general awareness. Yeah, exactly. We hit the same word. It just seems to be lacking. And, uh, look, I hope, you know, he comes good. He played some good games um, during last season. Um, and you felt like he may have found his spot. But, you know, with Mitch Hinge coming through and Geordie Dawson coming through and um, Wayne Miller, for that matter, um, all um, half-back flankers, um, yep. Andy McPherson probably another one who worries me in that role. But we, And we've Oof, got a couple a in the worry. twos. Yeah, I... Oh, I'm just about ready to to, to uh, the problem with Andy is that his best is is good, but there's a massive gap between his best and his worst. His worst is he's when he's off, he is terribly off, in my opinion. And I don't know I don't know whether he can. Uh, he certainly hasn't nailed down a first twenty two spot yet, in my opinion. No, but no. look. Um... Uh, on a positive, lots of, you know, I thought that, you know, I mean, obviously that third quarter was an outstanding quarter of football yeah. and they did very, very well. I thought Ned McHenry did some really good things. I think he's growing as a player and um, um, a few, I thought Rowie had a, had a you know, a pretty good game. Had a blinder. I thought, Brody, I, I thought Brody Smith had one of the better games I'd seen. Um, yep. he, 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 was, he, he might just benefit a little bit from being released um, by Gordon Dawson in that sort of distribution role. Yeah. Um, so I think you know Brody looks set to me to you know for a good season. He looks fit. He did some really good things. That rundown smother was sensational. Oh yeah, it was unbelievable. It was he great, came from. He wasn't even in the frame watching it on the TV. Yeah. Um, and Jordy Dawson, of course, in his second half, you know the way that he could distribute the ball. There was one in that in that third quarter where he's just hit a bullet from deep in defence, and it's just opened oh up yeah, the whole ground. I, I know the, the one you're talking about up the middle. Jeez. Um, Surf Soz in the chat raises a good one. Um, Paddy Parnell might be one that uh, the club could look at in Chase's spot. Um, yep. You know, very small as well, but uh, certainly uh, certainly got a lot to like about him. So, you know, there's a few, you know, it, we could talk about selection all night, but um, uh, I think it would it, be very interesting to see how the club reacts to the loss and to the first half. Obviously, we're going to have at least one force change with McPherson, you would think. Um, there probably needs to be a couple more. I think Jake Saligo probably comes out. Um, uh, Lockie Scholl needs to stay in. Um, he played well when he came on the ground. Um, you know, for balance, there might, there might be one other. I think one of Gallant or Cook probably needs to be in there um a lot of questions about elliot himmelberg again i thought again what elliot did he did well but he didn't do enough of it and that's gonna that's the ongoing knock with elliot that 
when when he's in the frame he will you know like he's good blows knees and all the rest of it but he's just not doesn't get involved enough in my opinion no he could do more i think he he does suffer from actually um playing i, I thought you know the classic um a bit of Elliot's play where he, he gets no recognition whatsoever is in that you know third quarter where he leads up exactly where he should be leads up right through the center part just up towards the actually it was in the mm. first quarter sorry he you know and and defender spot you know he's defender has to spoil he's caught behind otherwise Elliot marks it mm. he punches the ball goes straight to his feet Jimmy Rowe um, as a smart small forward is right there and then mm. there's your first goal and Elliot gets nothing for that but yeah. it creates the goal. Um, yeah. And so, you know, he, I think he had about three score involvements. He had a goal assist to Rochelle. And, I, you know, so you're right, he needs, you know, he needs to do more. But the problem for Elliot is is that he, uh, he, he is always going to be the forward that's got the two or three guys jumping against him. Yeah. You know, that's that's the way that they're doing it. But when, when they're going long, they're going, general, generally speaking, they're going long to Elliot. So I just don't think if they're going to cast him in that role, and they, you know, it may well be that they're happy. We've talked about this before, Fiend, about the Robin kind of thing. It, it may just well be that they're happy with that role that he's playing, noting. And then, you know, that, I mean, the coaches will they'll know that creating the contest causes a goal, even though it doesn't get a stat. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's it'll be interesting to see whether they see it that way or not. You're at the ground, weren't you, Pete? Yep. Yeah. Uh, my feeling from watching it on the telly was that he was actually playing too deep. I would like to see him up between uh, centre and centre-half forward rather than playing backward yep. of centre-half forward. And it felt to me that often he was just too deep to get up to those uh, contests at high-half forward, you know. Um, and I'd, I'd like to see him just play that that 50 to 70 metre, you know, line across the ground and just own that. Just to get him... Because... Uh, with him and Riley and, and um, Fogg 30 or 40 metres out from goal, it becomes a bit of a mess. Yeah, look, he, I mean, there was a couple of times he came out. I mean, I know in that last quarter he, he let out pretty nicely and he, he did a nice bit of play that created that opportunity for Shelley that he hit the post with. Um, but, yeah, there wasn't a lot. And I, I do feel as though he seems to be the deep target and he seems to be the designated, you know, one that cops the traffic. But the thing um, with that is, again, Pete, uh, sorry to cut you off there, but no, we've no. got a, we've got a couple of lads that that have got a little bit of uh, wheels about. We've got a bit bit of uh, lung capacity. You could very easily elastic band Riley and Elliot high and deep, high and yep. deep. My, I guess my point is they don't need to be both in the same area of the ground. And to me, too often. Um, they were both in the same vicinity. I think they need to have very distinct roles that can be interchangeable. Um, yep. And it just doesn't right. seem like we've got that right yet. I was also surprised um, that he didn't at any stage take a centre bounce. It was him. It was uh, O'Brien or uh, Himmelberg. Uh, O'Brien yeah. or Tilthorpe. Yep. Sweet. No, he didn't take any, 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 any ruck at all. What do you think of Darcy's game? Um, yeah, look, I thought it was all right. Um, I thought he tried to make something happen early um, and then went, oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> My uh, camera just fell over. Um, I felt like when Frio got on top, that made it difficult for 
Darcy to have any sort of influence. Um, but, um, you know, I feel like um, the way that midfield were playing in the first half just didn't lend itself to any sort of um, forward ascendancy whatsoever. Um, so, I, I look, I, I wasn't unhappy with his play. Again, you could always ask for more from Darcy, but um, I wasn't unhappy with his game. How do you see it? Yeah, look, he, you mean it was a it was a real sort of copybook Darcy game, wasn't he? he? Flashes into the game and kicks a couple of goals in a couple of minutes, and yeah, um, you know, won a glorious set shot, and um, oh, you know, what you give to have had his had the ball in his hands for those last couple of set shots in the last quarter, um, but um, no, I think that you've got to, I mean, with the forwards, you've got to, you've, I think you've got to accept that realistically they're only. You know, properly involved in the game for the second half. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, the first half was just so diabolical. It was, I mean, it was dire. Yeah, you know, the amount of out of bounds on the full, the amount of turnovers. Oh, the, I yeah. mean, you know, you, you would have gone through the stats. It was dire. Yeah. I mean, Harry looked like he hadn't played football for five years. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the hell was wrong with Harry, whether he was, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I honestly think Harry would have gone to bed and just... I hope the coaches told him, look, that's just one to put in the box and forget about because they happen sometimes and it was unfortunate yep. for him he had one of those games and, you know, no rhyme or reason, just put it away. He got, he got enough of it. He got around it and got enough of it, but, God, his disposal... Mm. I think his disposal efficiency was just above 50%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, not great. Yeah. Never, never mind. Um, I've been a bit, you know... I. I walked away from the ground. I mean, you know, you never like suffering one-point losses. And as uh, Vardy Magic said, that in our history we've played, uh, we've had four one-point games with uh, Fremantle. We've yeah. lost them all. Yeah. Um, and I think I pointed out last Tuesday, I really don't like our record at Adelaide Oval against Frio. That we just, yeah, for some reason. For some reason we just do not have a good record against them at Adelaide Oval. And, um, you know, you just put that – I mean, look, this time last year we – you know, we we beat a top four team by seventy points or sixty points yeah. or something, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember what yeah. it was. It was enough. We were in front by a long way. I think we we played in the end, but you know, um, you know, nine teams have to lose for round one, and we were one of them. And you yeah. know, you just sort of start again. And, and I'm I'm not, you know, a one point game like that, and the, the way that we got ourselves back into the game, there was plenty of positives to take. And, yeah. Um, um, you know, the other the other positive to take from the weekend was the form of Luke Pedler in the twos um, played very Absolutely. well. Absolutely, yep. um, would have to be, and you know, it, Luke Pedler doesn't strike you as a fast player, but he certainly is one player. We talk about getting separation from congestion, Pete, and he is quick of foot around the contest, and he can get that separation. So. Um, you know, whilst he's not a speedster, I wouldn't call him a speedster. He's certainly not slow, but he's very agile around contests and quite level-headed around contests. So, you know, I reckon he's one to look at. You know, uh, it's not all know. about speed. It's, um, mm. you know, a lot of it. I mean, Ben Keyes isn't, isn't lightning fast. It's about having that confidence and that ability in yeah. yourself to be able to, you know, back yourself to get that separation when the pressure's, when the heat's really on. Yep. Agreed. All right. Well, let's uh, do what the Crows hopefully have done and put that game behind us and we'll move on. And before we go on, um, don't forget, if you want to have a chat with us on uh, Discord, uh, you can join the live stage. Um, 1990, I think you had your hand up. Yeah, yeah. Come in, mate. We'll uh, give you a bit of a crack. 
How you going? Thanks, Pete. Can you hear me okay? Can hear you fine, mate. Um, yeah, just wanted to say a couple of things. The first one, um, just about the game has gone. Um, I thought our coaches made another mistake early in the season that they they made last season in um, playing a player in a position um, that obviously wasn't suited to the team um, and it backfired early and it was quite evident after the first half um, that they'd made a mistake. And I just feel like that's two years in a row that they've made this mistake. Uh, last year, if you remember, we had Billy Frampton um, for the first seven or eight games get first preference over um, Himmelberg. Yeah. Um, and it was plain for everyone that was watching that it couldn't didn't make any sense as to why Frampton had been picked ahead after the end of 2020 when Elliot was actually playing quite well um, and had surpassed um, Frampton to become that first choice and then they, all of that seemed to go to waste and they, they led with um, led with Frampton for the first half of last year. Yeah. Um, so didn't learn and that cost us. Uh, and then in this year, um, first half, they decided to play our number one recruit um, who had been dominating at halfback um, at Sydney Swans, uh, Jordan Dawson, um, in the centre. Um, and he looked nowhere near it. He'd just come off an injury. Um, and yeah, our first half was just diabolical. And I thought a lot of our positioning of key personnel was just horrific, and it led to that result. You had Dawson in the centre. You had um, Lockie Scholler, the sub, as soon as he came on. Um, for McPherson, we looked a hundred percent better side. Um, yeah, yeah, and then you had your, your usual suspects like Sloan, Crouch in the centre, um, with no pace, and we got the first half that we deserved. Yeah, well, Geordie coming off a calf—that's not an easy injury to come off of because you can basically do nothing while you while you're bringing that back, and um, they can be an injury that hang around um, annoyingly. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Nick's probably realised his error um, and putting him back um, when Shoal came on was a good move. Um, I just don't understand how we get to that instance in the first place. Like, like it's it's round well, one. It's a good point. It's a good point, 1950 is, days to think about it. Is it arrogance? Or is it outsmarting yourself? Or? You know Can I use a cricket analogy? Yeah. Do you, do you, you would have come across really, really annoying bowlers who who jump up and down and say, "Oh, can I keep? Can I keep? I want yeah. to keep." Yeah, and you got to you have to say, "No, get the ball, go back to your mark, and bowl." Yeah, and I just feel like Geordie Dawson's come to us and said, "I want to be a midfielder. I want to be. I want to be a forward. I want to be. I want you know." No, you've you've made your. Is it Geordie saying that? Do you reckon? Well, he well he, when he came when he when he came here, you know, when he was in the in the media, he he put you you know saying oh, I want to, you know, I want to move into the midfield and I want to you know be a yeah. you know forward option and so you know he he's got all these ideas about what he wants to do. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, obviously, the, you know, they've had training and all the rest of it, so presumably he's you know worked in those um, midfield areas or whatever. I'm not sure, but I just think that you know sometimes you just play the position you should be playing yeah. and where you make your name. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, well, Brody Smith is a classic in You're that one regard. 
you know, people were screaming for ages that Brody should be played in the middle, and uh, I reckon Brody's best football before and after his knee has always been at halfback. It's where he's been at his most damaging. That's where he plays. You know, he's had yep. some good moments in the midfield, but he's not a midfielder. So. And I think we're left with this position of where we've got 10,000 halfbacks again. Um, we are, 1990. Jordan, uh, Jordan Dawson, um, Mitch Hinge. Um, it was, yep. The whole preseason talk was around Mitch playing wing. Yeah, he's um, not a wingman. And he's not a wingman. No. He's not a wingman. He is a fantastic halfback flanker. Him, him and Brody, him and Geordie Dawson off halfback, um, and throw Brody Smith into the mix there as well is a very dynamic halfback line. Mitch Hinge is very strong in the air. He's aggressive, straight lines the ball. Geordie is silky smooth, um, can sneak up the ground and kick you a goal. Brody Smith similarly can give you lots of rebound off halfback. Three bona fide A grade. Um, Halfback flankers, and the trouble is we've got another nine of them. And this is what I was saying at the top of the show, Fane. We, you know, the issue that we've got is that I, f- I feel like we've invested largely in pretty much every position on the ground. We stopped for small forwards. Mm. You know, we've got we've got you know, a number of key you know key forwards playing. We've got you know all these wings and half backs. We've got a couple of you know good key defenders now, plus yeah. one you know. First round of wheeling away in the in the reserves, we've we've got all these positions covered. But what's the one position we seem to have invested nothing in? <laughs> yeah, in the last five years. Yeah, yeah, I know. Only the most important position on the ground. Mm, yeah, the one the one where Brownlows are uh, are made. Um, you know, we really haven't had a bona fide elite midfielder since Paddy. Um, right. Not even close. Not even in the same stratosphere. Uh, everyone expected Rory to step up. Rory benefited from Paddy's presence on the ground. Uh, he was a classic Robin to Paddy's Batman, and it worked extremely yep. well. Just the same as Andrew McLeod and and um, Tyson Edwards, you know, used to work extremely well for us as a as a one two punch or you know Mark Rashido or, or whatever. Um, they are all different players at the moment. We're same same, and let's not labour the point anymore. But uh, yeah, um, anyway. Well, just to finish that off, uh, Pete in 1990, what do you think about Jack Hayes just bobbing up for St Kilda after a couple of standout years for Woodville West Torrens? Yeah, look, it's it's good for Jack and it's good for St Kilda for giving, giving him that opportunity that he obviously deserved over the last couple of years. Um, I think he was well above the SNFL grade, um, deserved his opportunity, and it's, it's great that it's come up for him. Um, I think we'll note that no one actually gave him the chance in the draft. Um, so he obviously wasn't considered highly in the recruiting circles until the, the pre-season draft. Um, but it, it's good that it's happened. Um, but I also think we've got to prioritise the thought our end um, as that tall rocking option and hopefully get a full forward that can well, counter with him. Would, would any, any danger of trading Elliot? Back to, back north and uh, <laughs> grabbing a mid and then uh, rooking Jack Hayes as that second forward. <laughs> Pete, you yeah, would have seen I him a little bit. I don't think they've got much interest in Elliot, to be honest. Pete, you would have seen Jack Hayes a little bit. Oh, yeah, he's a terrific uh, footballer. It was, you know, I mean, 
yeah, the recruiters must scratch their heads up when they uh, they miss. Um, they miss. The problem is, is, is that there's just such a, um, and this is just a whole you know, another episode discussion. But the the, the bias on you know the, the the system and the system mm. developing young players, the, the natural bias is just phenomenal. And if you yeah. don't not in that system, if you end up outside of that system in some way, it's just so bloody hard. And you have to really, really um, have a bit of luck and an incredible amount of perseverance to get yourself back into back into the system. How, how long do you reckon examples. it's going to? So. No, how long? How long do you reckon it's going to take recruiters to actually be true to what they say? They say that young tools take a few years to develop, um, and there's very few. Even the Max Kings and the Ben Kings and the Riley Thilthorpes and the Harry McKays and and those blokes have taken years on a list. Yeah. How long before how long before recruiters start saying, you know what, you go play our way in the state league for a couple of years and come back to us when you're twenty three. Like yeah. I know it's difficult to pass up a young, talented forward, uh, say like a Riley Thilthorpe. But it's a lot of it's it's a it's a spot on the list and it's a lot of development time. And look at a situation like Sydney might find themselves in with Logan McDonald, where they'll develop him for two years and then he buggers off back to WA anyway. So is Not it worth the development? Oh, is he re signed, has he? Yep. Oh well that's good, that puts that to bed. But do you understand what I mean? even a, a lad oh, like good. Logan's gonna take three years. Is it worth yeah. having a kid on the list for three we had Harry um Harry Deer on the list for about four years. We've had Elliot on the list for five years. Um, I just we still wonder know. sometimes. I just wonder sometimes whether we're better off just plucking these bigger lads out of the out of the twos. There's another yeah, reason for Pozzi Adley um, came in. How old was he? Twenty-seven. I think he was. And won the cat's flag. Um, Tom Hawkins has only got just, better as he's gotten older. There's a natural, there's a natural bias. I firmly believe there's a natural bias on some of the lads playing SNFL league football. I mean, you see a few of them picked up here and there, but there's many, many more blokes in the SNFL that could be playing AFL football that would be good enough. Well, there's not the many right training. And, there's not many blokes plucked from the SNFL that have failed that I can no. that I can think of when they are pulled out. They generally perform okay. So anyway, we are carrying on very long. Thanks, 1990, for your contribution. If anyone else wants to uh, join us for a bit of a chat quickly, then uh, feel free. Um, In the meantime, let's quickly, before we move on to the Collingwood game, let's cover off a few competitions, shall we, Peter? Because it's all happening. It's all happening in in, uh, Tipping World. Um, I started with a bang. Let me just bring this up. Where is it? Oh no, it's around here somewhere. Here we are. I started with a bang, Pete. Uh, I think I was uh, four from four on Saturday. I'd picked the uh, I'd picked the 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 uh, upsets going well, and then I didn't do anything after that. <laughs> so I've got it up here on screen. Uh, it's a really we've got fifty nine people in our tipping comp, which is fantastic. So thanks for everyone who's um, joined in, and uh, thanks for Razor for getting this off the ground. Fantastic. 
Um, and I think we might chuck a bit of a prize at this. I'm not quite sure what yet, uh, but we'll chuck a bit of a prize at the winner um, of this one uh, because it's fantastic participation. Um, so yeah, so we've got uh, we've got uh, Pentmaster. I don't even know what that is. Demo, Captain Jack, Choking Finals, Muddo's Top Guns, Brighton Seventy Five, all on seven. Pete, seven. How could you get seven right seven, out of that? Seven, honestly. How could you tip seven? I don't know. Are you in this? I have no. no I haven't registered. I should show no. No. Yeah. It's a bit slack. So uh, there's me right down there with four, uh, abysmal. Um, I'm a terrible tipster. Oh, so am I. I'm too speculative, you know. I'm too speculative. That's my problem. I, instead of going for one or two around, I go for four around and they rarely come off. Uh, now, the fantasy one, I can't log into that because I'm not in it. So um, I'll get um, one of the uh, 1990 or one of the participants to screenshot the leaderboard for that and chuck it in the, um, chuck it in the uh, channel for tipping in fantasy footy. So... Uh, uh, you can still, I'm pretty sure you can still join the uh, tipping comp. So get around that at tipping dot com, uh, tipping dot au. Um, I think the links and all that sort of stuff are in the tipping channel, so that's cool. Um, and yeah, as I said, we will uh, we'll think about a prize. We'll probably announce a prize for this one in the next couple of weeks, uh, just to keep people enthusiastic about it. Um, no one else wants to have a chat, Pete. So at this stage. So why don't we um, just move on quickly to the match review committee because Sloney surprisingly got done. Weird, wasn't it? I don't know. It was just bizarre. Very strange. Um, strange. But uh, they appealed and he got off and with an inch, look, and I think it was a reasonable defence, but the defence was basically... I wouldn't possibly do that because I've had eye injuries myself. <laughs> that was the defence. Yeah. And they, and they took it. Like, that's pretty weird. Oh. I'm not saying it was a wrong decision, but that's what Rory went to the tribunal with. I've had a detached retina. I nearly lost my eyesight. It nearly cost me my career. Yep. I wouldn't go for someone's eye. Okay. No, I, didn't, I didn't pinch that car because someone pinched my car the other day. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it just seems odd. I, I mean, I think it's all's well that ends well on this one, and I think the right decision was made. I think one match for for that was pretty weird. Um, Sloney, I don't think even realised he was he was uh, cited until much later. Um, Terrible report. Terrible report. <laughs> really was. Just. So that's that one. Uh, what else happened at the MRP? I think everyone got off, didn't they? Uh, Willie Rioli got off. Um, I don't know who else was up, but they probably got off. In terms of injuries, uh, let's focus on us and um, Collingwood. Uh, we've got Lady is listed as a test, which I think is pretty optimistic, considering a couple of weeks ago they were saying four to five weeks, so I wouldn't expect him back this week. McPherson yep. out with a hamstring for a couple. Uh, seeds I'm going, obviously, which is terrible um, for him. And uh, as usual, our thoughts go out to him. Uh, Murphy's recovered from his neck injury, so he'll slot right back into the half-forward line in the ones, of course. And Shane McAdam uh, is also uh, ready to go and would, uh, I'd imagine he'll uh, go back into the twos. I uh, hope Lockie Murphy doesn't come back in. 
but I'm just being cynical. Um, Collingwood, how are they looking? Mason Cox has done an ankle. He's listed as a test. Charlie Dean, he's out for ages. Nathan Murphy, Jordan Ruffhead. So not really many notables there um, missing for them. Uh, Hoskin Elliott is available this week. Um, so that'll strengthen them as well. I don't think they looked great last week, did you, Pete? No, they'll be too good for us on Saturday, but no, I don't think that they I don't think they project as a finals team or anything like that. No, I don't think so. I, you notice a little bit of difference with uh, McRae's uh, style, um, but that would take some time to bet in. I still think they're a bit short on cattle. Um, yep. But uh, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think they're just a little bit more mature than us. Uh, the biggest interest in the game for mine will be Rochelle versus Dacos. See who yeah. can kick the who can who can kick the most who can look more like Peter Dacos because I tell you what there's a bit of Dacos about Josh Rochelle although I think it was Surf Sauces in the chat um, on the weekend um, compared Rochelle to well hoped that Rochelle would project to Robbie Gray and I think that's the most appropriate um, comparison in terms of how we'd hope he'd project. Yeah, definitely. If we could get a Robbie Gray out of him, that would be outstanding. Yeah. Uh, so, look, I agree with you. I think uh, it's going to be a hill too high or what's, what, a bridge too far or I don't know what it is. Yeah, I just don't think on the, you know, the open spaces of the MCG, I think our midfield will get, will get caught out. It's just well, it's just too big a ground. It's too circular. And, and um, I think that we will struggle um, in the space. Well, I agree, Peter. And, um, you know, we had trouble covering the outside um, with uh, at, in, in the narrower confines of Adelaide Oval and uh, it makes you wonder how we could possibly, possibly think that we could cover the outside um, on the on the broader expanses. So you're right, something's going to have to change. Selection's going to be very interesting. We've already kind of talked about it. I don't expect uh, wholesale changes, to be honest with you, Pete. I really don't. I think they'll cover the injury and that'll be it. I think Lockie Scholl will come into the 22 for Moose and then yep. it would just be a case of an emergency and uh, or a, what do they, they call an injury sub. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see, um, I mean, you know, I, I would hope that Lockie Gallant continues to put selection pressure on because I think that there's a game for him sooner rather than later. Yeah. But I suspect for a one-point loss, I'd be surprised if they make wholesale changes to that forward line, although I just think, again, on the MCG, I... I would really like to see a forward line with Galant in it, with just giving a little bit more mobility to that forward line on the G oh, rather than... And he just hunts the ball in the air. I love what he does aerially because you can tell yep. he's a natural marker. He wants to... He, he's not afraid of... Even when he's out of position, he will still make an effort uh, to take a grab. And I, you like to, they're the sort of blokes you like to see up forward. They can make something out of nothing. Um, the, only, yep. the, the only other possible, I think, is... Peddler for Miller, maybe. Um, yeah, or still Ego, maybe. Well, yeah. The only, tr- yeah, the only trouble with Peddler for Saligo is that you, pro- you basically leave yourself short of wing. I think the um, the natural in for Saligo, if they're going to uh, give him a spell, would be Braden Cook, don't you think? Yeah, quite quite possibly. Quite possibly um, could be right there. I think that they'll they'll persevere with Wayne, though. I think that they'll want to get just pump games into him and just, you know, it's by picking him round one, it just that sends a message to me that they just want to get him up and running. 
and um, yeah, yeah, as quickly as possible. So I think they'll just keep they'll keep pumping games into Wade. And, yeah. yeah. The, the unfortunate I, one. I, I'm going to go with one change. What's that? Sorry. I'm going to go with just the one force change. Yeah, the unfortunate one at the moment, I, I feel, is Sam Berry um, because you've got, you know, he's a young up-and-coming coalface player um, who's probably a little bit more dynamic than the seniors that we've got in those positions at the moment. Um, but he, he, it seems now that he's going to have to bide his time behind Laird and Crouch um, yep. or accept a cameo on the half-forward line and, He's not a forward. You know, they stuck him there because they wanted to put game time into him, but he's not a forward. He's a goal-faced mid, and um, it just seems a bit of a waste for mine. Well, especially when they invested so many games into him last year. But that's the thing. You know, you you, you allowed the kid for, for playing 20 games or whatever it was last year, and then you don't have the confidence to go with him round one. I've, there's some funny things, and there's still... Oh, I don't know. There's still, there's still, to me, there's still elements of tail wagging donk at the Crows, um, you know, and uh, there's probably a couple more blokes to retire before we really shed ourselves of that mentality, don't you think? Look, Fane, you know I've said it privately and you know what I think about the 2017 team. Yeah. And, yep. and where we need to be. It, so anyway, enough said there, but that's that's been my view for some time, as you well know. And then yep. until we get to that ground zero, I don't think we properly move on. Yeah. Uh, the, the only other one to talk about, and Seth's also again in the chat has reminded me, Riley O'Brien, um, could he be in any danger with Kieran Strawn? Well, I think Kieran's going to continue to put pressure on him. He's had another excellent game, and I've always been a rap for Strawny. I think he's a very, very talented player. I think at the moment Rob's pre-season was good enough um, that they'll persevere with him. But, you know, there is some selection. What I, what I am liking as, as a general proposition, Fiend, is I do like there's some selection pressure mm. at the moment. There's a real push coming from underneath where there hasn't been in previous years. Mm. So I think that they'll give these guys, you know, a few games. But I think that, yeah, look, if Strawny keeps going, he's a very, very accomplished player and he's got good yeah. skills. Yeah. I'm happy to accept Riley's deficiencies as a tap ruckman if yeah. I see influence around the ground. And unfortunately, um, for large portions of uh, the game on the weekend, we didn't see Riley much or figure prominently at all. Um, so he has to start making his presence felt around the ground. Um, I was disappointed. Had... I don't know who's, whether it was. I don't know whether it was a pre-prescribed rotation um, or or what it was. But at a you know at a critical juncture in the game, yes, yes, they, I know what he was say. rotated, and you know he's in the leadership group. I think that you know right if that was a if that was a pre-determined rotation. Then you know, as a leader, he just needs to be getting on the phone and saying to Nick, "See, I need, I need to get on, yeah. um, because I, I think that we really, we, we really suffered in that 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 sort of five or ten minutes." Um, oh, where, where again, again, Pete, he went off with eight minutes to go, and yeah. um, if he had been on the ground in that crucial time, then it would have been him taking that mark and not Riley Thilthorpe. Now you could argue that Riley O'Brien. 
<laughs> is not reliable as a kick anyway. But one thing you can guarantee is that he has enough experience to get back off the mark, take his 30 seconds and hoof it down the line. Yeah. You know, so again, I, you know, I mentioned on the weekend that Riley lacked, Riley Thilthorpe lacked having a, a, an experienced body around him, a Tom Duday, a Brody Smith, a Rory Sloan, or whoever, Luke Brown, just to get get to him after he'd taken a very very good mark out on the outlet um, kick, yep. taken a very good mark, a timely mark. Someone needed to get around him and just say, "Take thirty seconds," and it's only going in one direction, and that's down the ground because we're killing the game now. So you know, um, <clears throat> and worse, so yeah, was Rory Sloan calling for the ball. Well, it was Rory Sloan, wasn't it? I. Some yeah. people said it was Murray, but I was sure it was Rory Sloan. Yeah. It was Sloan. Sloan, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. See, um, sure. Everyone, everyone, we've just been hammered here now. Everyone's saying it was Murray. Maybe, it was, maybe <laughs> I'm wrong because I was at the other end of the ground. I thought it was Sloan, so apologies I if it was that's Sloan. the case. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, right, it was Murray. It was Murray. But someone yeah. should have been around. Someone should have been around Riley. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, there's no way that, and you know, it, I can't see any game plan where with seven or eight minutes to go or less, five minutes to go, up by a few with the, with the game of the balance. I don't think there's any blackboard at the Adelaide Footy Club that says kick it diagonally into the corridor from half back. <laughs> I don't think that's anywhere. In, in, you go through every page in the book, I don't think it's anywhere. No scenario. So, you know, no. never mind. All right. Uh, well, a uh, couple of minutes left. If anyone does want to have a chat, uh, now's the time to do it or else uh, forever hold your peace. In the meantime, I'll just run through some uh, gratuities, uh, Peter. Uh, if you want to support the uh, Crowcast, and we've had some great support this year already um, by our um, beloved listeners, uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast and um, subscribe on a 2 or $5 tier there to get... Uh, various access to various things um you can also go onto our website and just click on the paypal donate if you just want to chuck a couple of bucks our way that's no problem um don't forget we're i'm on a real push this year peter to try and get our uh, our numbers up in terms of our subscriptions there's a few benefits for us getting over a thousand subs on youtube and we're just under halfway there at the moment i know it doesn't sound like big but for a, a niche podcast in a niche market if we can get to a thousand subs, that'd be great because that unlocks a few community um, um, features uh, on YouTube that we can then provide some more to our listeners. So um, make sure you spread the word to your mates on YouTube. Make sure you share videos when you see them. Make sure you share ret- or retweet tweets when you see them. Um, every little bit of support and exposure helps us. So. Um, uh, and again, if you uh, feel inclined to give us a positive review on iTunes or one of the other platforms there, if you're an audio listener, then anything would be much appreciated. Now, Peter, we had a big show, uh, kept it under an hour, which is great compared well, to the weekend wrap of one hour 41 minutes. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, my goodness me. Yeah, I know. I'm I just pushing shit uphill. <laughs> Anyway, look, it's been good to have a chat again, mate. Uh, Collingwood on the weekend. Um, Don't forget uh, that uh, the Discord channel will be live on game day, as it always is. Uh, It was great banter last week, so get around it again uh, this weekend if you can. 
In the meantime, thanks very much for joining us and we will see you on Sunday night for the Rap Show. Good night all. 